Hi, I'm Faye Salvin and I run the Big Life Group. Welcome to Anon, a new podcast from The Big Issue North. It's about the people we meet and the struggles they face. It's about their everyday stories that are little heard and very little understood. Often people are vilified and laughed at by the media who delight in producing programmes that portray them as ignorant. In a time when hate crime is on the rise, we really want to champion the people who have the least. Help us to turn the tide. Listen to their stories, understand and help us to change the world. Meet Malcolm Jones from Rochdale. Rockadelli. Back in 2001, it was a pain in the foot that led to Malcolm losing his leg. I had a problem with my left big toe. What happened was it just didn't heal. They got the senior consultant. He walked into my room, which was, funnily enough, was part of the maternity unit because the maternity unit had shut down. And uh, he walked in and he turned and he said, oh, hello, Mr Jones, by the way, you're going to lose your leg turned and walked right back out again and that took him an hour to come back and my head was going you know what can you say when a bombshell like that's dropped they took me in hospital and they said uh we're going to uh, do your amputation today that was saturday the first of september 2001 i said to him well one thing doctor is it possible to be back on this bed for half past six because England are playing West Germany. And he said, Mr Jones, I promise you, you will be on here because I want to watch it. The score was 5-1 to England. From 1991 to 1998, I think it was, I worked with disabled athletes, amputees, all this sort of stuff. So I had some knowledge of what it entailed, losing a limb. I've got this philosophy. This is the hand I've been dealt. Let's just get on with it. You know, it's not going to change. How does it feel when you open your eyes after such a life-changing operation? Strange. Very, very strange. Because, to the best of my knowledge, when I woke up, first thing I thought, I'm bloody starving. Because you, you nil by mouth, you know. And then... I got this itch on my ankle. I hadn't got an ankle. But then, of course, you're on the, the old morphine thing. You're flying, sort of, you're cloud nine sort of thing. But that was only for 24 hours. Then you're on your own, basically. Just after that was 9-11. I was on the ward in my so-called wheelchair, this healthcare assistant came to me and said, Mal, can we go in your room? Because I had a, a, my own room, you know what I mean? You know, Will he put telly on? I said, yeah. A plane appears to have crashed into one of New York's tallest buildings, the World Trade Center. And I watched As that plane flying into uh, the, the building and I, I just, just absolutely gobsmacked to watch it. All everybody was round watching the, the telly. And, you know, you always remember things like, like that, don't you? You know, where you, where you were at a certain time. After his amputation, Malcolm was given a prosthetic leg 
took some getting used to. Walking with a false leg, a full false leg, is very difficult. It used to be a little precinct where my sister was, and I used to walk there and get papers and things like that. And this particular day, I decided I'd try and go, go to this shop, and it took me 25 minutes to walk, what, what had took me five minutes, because I had to keep stopping and, you know, resting. But didn't affect me that much because used to still do me travelling and whatever and get all over Europe at least. And then the second leg happened. Mr Shorty at Oldham tried anything he could to try and save this leg. And I've got nothing but admiration for the guy. They tried maggots and they come in like a tea bag and they put it on the wound and maggots eat all the dead flesh but it, it just didn't work for some reason or other. And then they put me on what they call a, a vac, and that, like, supposed to suck all the stuff out. That didn't work. So by that time, I was on my third or fourth operation. And then they brought this oxygen thing. It's like a, a thing they put on your foot. It tells you what your oxygen levels are, are like in your, you know, in your extremities. And there was just no oxygen level whatsoever. And that's when he came in and said, I'm sorry to tell you, but we're going to have to amputate your leg. <sighs> for some, life as we know it would be over. Not for Malcolm. Yeah, I get a lot of that, oh, it must be awful having no legs. But it's not. It's the hand I've been dealt and I've just got to go on with it. I don't want to have to rely on people to do things for me. If I need things, I will ask people, that's fair enough. But I don't want people to come around saying, do you want this, do you want that? I have this fear. I told my immediate family, if I ever have to get somebody in to wipe my backside, shoot me. They say it's all in the mind. Maybe it is, but what a mind. I've got no legs, right? But rest of me is working quite fine. I don't understand why people saying, oh, it must be awful. It isn't awful. I can still look after myself. I can still feed myself. This is Danny. I was volunteering at Rochdale Amputee Rehabilitation Clinic, like brewing up and helping people and talking to people. And... One of the, his colleagues came to, to give it like about drink and, you know, alcohol consumption, all this sort of general health. And he said to me, he said, you fancy, you know, getting involved? He said, I'll get our uh, volunteer called a should I say, to come and see. And it, Danny turned up. We got on like a house of fire. We, we got on really, really well. And it, it's got to the stage that we're... He's ending my sentences. <laughs> Did you need me to end your sentence for you then? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So meeting Malcolm, yeah, I um, actively hunted him, for the want of a better term, because not only do I coordinate volunteers in Rochdale, I also lead the Walking for Health scheme for the area. And at the time, I was quite green and new to the job and trying to look into different areas of walking, trying to meet different people. And once I heard about this group, these amputees and well, people with disabilities, I thought I might go and try and ask a question about um, wanting to attend the walking scheme, maybe as an attendee or maybe as a volunteer. 
and I kind of just worked him over <laughs> for for a couple of weeks until he until he agreed to to just just to give it a try what I had in mind and it's and it's worked it's worked really well. I wanted to try and involve other groups from our community in in our walking scheme, and uh, one of the areas was wheelchair accessible walking groups. It was something that had been mentioned in the training when I was training to become a walk leader. The other places across the country were doing it, but I couldn't really figure out how to fit it into Rochdale because we have our walking areas, our countryside. It's it's although it is some of the best in the country and I truly believe that when you're out there and you see it for yourself it is very hilly it's rough terrain so I needed to speak to somebody in this situation like Malcolm was to see if if it was first of all doable and if he would be interested just introduced myself tried to be as direct as possible and told him what I wanted really rather than what we what we sort of looked in the areas that we needed and he was willing to give it a go so we met a couple of times we went out and, and looked at different areas we did some walks um, a couple of the parks in Rochdale uh, the Hollywood Lake Walk Getting people out of the house is more than what it's about in the open air and whatever you know getting out from the four walls situation because that's one of the big things at the moment This is Janet well, it all started when I got approached when I was in um, in town. I was in a really bad place at that point, suicidal thoughts and and stuff. And and the group literally pulled me out of a dark place somewhat. Um, I got um, diagnosed with um, complex regional pain syndrome. By this time, my leg was going worse and worse and worse, and it was going turning into a 90 degree fixed angle, which it is now. I asked for my leg to be amputated three times, but because I've got other complications as well, they're very reluctant to do that. So I've just got to basically live with the pain, put up with the severe deformity, calipers on my legs, can't walk, constant pain 24 seven. So I joined the group. I've enjoyed the group ever since. Malcolm's there if he ever needed him on the other end of the phone to, uh, to chat to, vice versa, same with him. Because obviously when you're in a wheelchair and you just you just feel trapped. So these groups are an amazing thing for people, encouraging them to get out, come out of the homes. If you're wondering what the noise is in the background, it's Janet's electric wheelchair whining. Malcolm's holding on to the back of it as she tows him around Hollingworth Lake. It, it, it really, really helps people. That's what it was set up for. Yeah. It, it really it, was. What a lovely place to be, nice and peaceful. It's like a breath of fresh air. Janet is in front in her electric wheelchair and I'm holding the handles at the back and he just pulled me along. You. She's, she's towing me, in a way, yeah. Because he's lazy. Yeah. I'm not lazy, it's just uh, <laughs> I, I have uh, arthritic shoulders as well. Yeah. And it's, it's... I wish you'd stop stopping, woman. <laughs> Sorry, but these flies keep landing on my dog. <laughs> well, I've been walking at the side of Malcolm, we've been pushing his chair and we've been conversing, and then people have come up to him and said, hey, do, you, do you need a hand? You know, without really understanding that, you know, people can maintain their independence when they're in a wheelchair. Hence why I don't just grab Malcolm's chair and start pushing, because he doesn't need me to, um, and he would, ha he would ask me if he did want me to. The one thing that really annoys me is I could be walking with Danny and they'll come and say, to Danny, is he all right? You know, they think because you're in a wheelchair, you've had your full frontal lobotomy or whatever, you know. By then coming out and doing things like this, and you've probably seen on the way around that Malcolm's been talking to people, saying hello, and people start to, the barriers start to come down a little bit, and people 
in the area begin to see you regularly, they know who you are. And then they don't talk to me now, they talk to Malcolm, which is quite important because that's what we're all about, aren't we? you know, breaking down barriers and looking at health inequalities and that type of thing. Yeah. Malcolm's a double amputee. And Malcolm hasn't always been an amputee all his life. Yeah, you, you adapt to it, but accepting it can be very difficult. And that's the problem that I'm having at the moment, is acceptance. I can't <coughs> accept my life now. It tortures me more. Because you look back on how your life was, what work I did, I passed to be a paramedic. That all just went out the window. So your whole life just changes overnight massively. And how do you come to terms with something like that? You, you, you've just got to deal with it and get on with it to the best of your ability. There's, there's nothing else you can do. I'm now sat thinking, if I'd have had this done, if I'd have had that done, if it had been caught early, there would have been hope for me. I might not have been like this now, today, but I'll never know. And that is what mentally, mentally tortures me. I wish I didn't have my leg, but we are in the same situation. Well, life is very difficult for us. I wished I'd got your leg. You'd be running after me then, wouldn't you? I would. One of the first things he told me is that I'd go to the football, I still go shopping, I still go travelling, um, I don't let it hold me back. There's no, like, he's, he's got this motto that it's the hand he's been dealt and that he needs to carry on. Uh, and it was really inspirational for me because I, I must say I was probably ignorant before I met Malcolm. Um, I'd, n I'd not known many people with disabilities. I'd not known many wheelchair users. And there was things that you just don't think about, like the amount of stairs a building might have. Is there a lowered curb outside? What's the nearest accessible bus stop? Um, you know, is there a disabled toilet on, on, on site? That kind of thing. You, you know, so as we've been developing the walking group, we were looking at the areas we were looking in. Uh, Malcolm was a great instrument in that, in that he knew where we should be doing it because we're the areas we could use. When I first met him, his beard wasn't as long as it is now. A typical biker, if you understand what I mean. The the, the beaten leather jacket and the... the a T-shirt and whatever. First, they always say first impressions, but by God, I changed when I met him because he was very, very supportive to me, and I mean that, very, very supportive. He had my back, if you understand what I mean, and he still got me back. I'm in front, and I'm stuck in that spider's web, as I used to say. So this is what he tells people about volunteering with us. Um, yeah. Is that it's like being caught in a web because there's that many different areas that we keep pushing his way if he wants to if he wants to get involved yeah. with. Yeah. That he can, that he can have a go at. I kind of when I when I met him for the first time I could see him weighing me up. You know, oh, yeah. as I was walking towards him, he was like visually eyeballing every yeah. part of me. He's yeah. like, who is yeah, this guy? You do that, don't you? You, yeah. you know, you got you. You always, I always believe that first impressions set a, a, a marker. But when I got talking to you, we're totally different. You know what I mean? Totally different to what I expected. It's just one of those things, you know, I'm just a judge, a bad judge of personalities. Oh, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. When the walking group first started operating, we started a... a at the time, it was an amputees support group. But we realised that we might not be... Uh, very inclusive doing an amputees 
support group. So we we developed that into a disability support group uh, with a bit of a focus actually on not only very visible disabilities like Malcolm's double amputation, uh, but also hidden disabilities like people who attend the group with only, with, well, I say only, that's the wrong word, but people who attend the group with one amputation and wear a prosthesis and walk very well, considering that it might not, you might not see that they've, they've got that disability, or people with ongoing health conditions, learning difficulties, mental health issues. Uh, it was for, it's for everybody really to come and, and just a place where we, they don't even have to talk about that area of their life. They can talk about anything, you know, what they enjoy doing at weekends, what the football results might have been, um, the quality of the coffee or how rubbish that might be or um, anything really. It's just an op- another opportunity for people to get together to, to basically, from my point of view, to meet Malcolm and see that you can do this comfortably or, or as or as or as easily as as you're willing to make it for yourself. Malcolm's proof that you just because he's yeah, he's he's had a bad hand dealt, you can still live a, a very full life, really, and, and, and with his volunteering he's he's again showing that you know he's he's out there he's meeting people and if he's not out there meeting people he's over at our office building and everybody looks forward to him coming that he knows what he should be doing he's very professional most of the time <laughs> um, and it's nice to have him around it really is he's changing those beliefs about people with disabilities and breaking down barriers um, and I'm I believe that because I was the same before I met him, just yeah. ignorant to, not ignorant as like a, you know, I didn't care about people with disabilities, yeah. but I weren't very thoughtful yeah. about or mindful even about yeah. what people go through every day yeah. just to get around. Through Dan's trusting me and pushing me to do things, I ended up being, when was it, 2016? Yeah. I, I told, I don't like blowing my trumpet, but I, I was elected volunteer of the year for, Ro- for Rochdale Borough. Yeah, um, Rochdale Borough. I'm very cynical in that respect, and I just thought, oh, it's because I've got no legs. And I, I really mean that, honestly. I just think, you know, you are ticking boxes sort of thing. But Dan says no, so... Well, because what they do is, when they do the nominations, they sort of contact our the volunteer leads beforehand to sort of let them know that... They, you Not not that you've won, but that the, the person you've nominated might receive an award. Uh, and you don't just tell people that you've got this volunteer and he's doing loads of great things you have to sort of document that and show them evidence and, and pictures case studies um, all sorts of different things really and then they decide um, if, if somebody should win it and it was for the work really that he'd done with such a public support group I'm not being big any but I knew I'd won when the Mergen off the stage and came down to the floor <laughs> because there were steps up to where they were doing and I thought yeah, it's a bit strange I'm coming down here. Uh, it must be me. I went to one particular nursing home and the first word she asked me, in the event of your passing, what do you want me to do? And that was her first words to me. And I just turned around and said, I've no idea, mate. I want to, I'm going to live for another 30 years at least. So, but I just, it just, it just, you, you know, to hit you with that as soon as you, you know, you're just looking round. What wishes have you got when you pass away? Anyway, but no, there's been, I've got to say, I've had no dark moments. It's all pluses for me.
all pluses. I get down to see me silly football team. It's like a, a little ray of sunshine each week, if you know what I mean. It's something to look forward to. There is nothing that depresses me. I like my own company. That's why I live on my own. There's no arguments about what you're going to watch on the box. Things like that. It's, it's, I've just got no dark moments. I'm a very happy person in my little... Well, not little, but... <laughs> life, you know, my life. I love my life. He, Malcolm does complain less about his life than anybody at all, uh, able-bodied or not. He, <laughs> he never seems to what? have any gripes. I, uh, I have this another stupid thing. There are people on Bury Road, which is Rochdale Crematorium, who would be like to sat here in my situation. So what have I got to mourn about? Anon is sponsored by The Big Life Group. We're a social enterprise based in the north of England and our mission is to help people who have the least. We start where they're at and help them to get to where they want to be. You want to help us change the world? Then here's what you can do. Share our podcast, get other people to listen to our stories. Or you can even suggest stories that we might want to cover. Or you can donate and help us produce the next one. I'm Alan Bezik. The producer was John Ryan, and this podcast was a 2ZY production for The Big Life Company.